favorite day of the year is almost here. I think about this day for weeks. I plan and prepare for this day. I eagerly anticipate this day because it is my most favorite day. If you know me, even if you don't, you can probably guess. <laughs> I'm talking about Thanksgiving. And because I have the mic, I want to tell you a few things that I love about Thanksgiving. Uh, first and foremost, I love the Macy's Day Parade. Anybody else love the Macy's Day Parade? You guys, it's... It's going to lose itself on a generation if we don't keep this tradition going. So please help me in keeping that. Like, I find memories of watching the Macy's Day Parade as a kid. And I get so excited every year. Uh, I stay in my pajamas. We drink coffee. I make my kids snuggle me on the couch. I'm like, the parade. And they're like, this is lame. Like, this is so lame. Why are we, it's taking forever to get these little balloons going. I'm like, no, you're missing it. It's such a fun tradition. Love the Macy's Day Parade. I also love, of course, all the great Thanksgiving food. Really love being an adult where I get to plan the menu because then I just plan all my favorite things. Um, I love football, which means I actually love naps. You know, because when you're watching the game and you're like, oh, oh, gone on the couch. That's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving, falling asleep during the football game. Um, I also deeply love that Thanksgiving comes with no extra stuff. Okay, and moms will feel me deeply on this. Why is it every holiday we got to do extra stuff? We got to be making uh, Easter baskets, uh, putting little things in the the stockings. We got to do Christmas presents. Every holiday comes with so much stuff. You know what doesn't? Thanksgiving. Especially as a pastor, you guys, all of our holidays are extra filled with things. And so when I think of Thanksgiving, I think, oh my gosh, I really get to pause and enjoy some time with my family. And what I love about Thanksgiving is that it is all cloaked under this beautiful umbrella of gratefulness. Doesn't it feel good just to celebrate and be joyful about what you already have? I love Thanksgiving. I love the rest and I love the gratitude. Thanksgiving is, in fact, my most favorite holiday. And now you'll think about all these things while you're watching the parade this week. <laughs> but I've asked the Lord, I was like, why? Okay, what is it really? Why do I love Thanksgiving so much? Why am I like low key obsessed with Thanksgiving? He's like, oh, Leah. It's because I've worked this into the very rhythm of creation. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I've worked into creation this rhythm of rest and delight. I'm like, really? Yeah, you know, I think about the weeks and the months that lead up to Thanksgiving in my house. And just real talk, like, from about mid-August to this very week, we are, like, on 24-7. It's, we've got... Two full-time careers with demanding jobs. We've got work travel. We've got three kids. They're 8, 10, and 12. And they actually have their own lives, which is crazy to think about, but their own sports and music and homework. We have friends that we love. We have a small group. We have extended family in town. Uh, You know, our lives are just really jam-packed, and it almost feels like we just go, 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 and there's not a lot of reprieve. And maybe you can relate to that, or maybe you found yourself in in the other end of the spectrum where you're like, life isn't quite that busy. In fact, I might even say I'm feeling lonely or bored. It doesn't feel so jam-packed to me, but wherever we find ourselves on this spectrum, there is something that many of us are struggling with with, and it's this issue of restlessness. Restlessness. Rather, from bored to busy, we find ourselves restless, and that is the inability to rest or relax as the result of anxiety, always on the go, or boredom. Isn't that interesting? And living our lives without an intentional, God-ordained, regular rhythm of rest has left us feeling chronically restless. We're unable to rest, we're unable to relax, we're unable to just chill because we have found ourselves either uber anxious or, real talk, we're just bored. 
There's an author named A.J. Swoboda who says this. He says, we have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. It's not a good look for us, church, (laughs) just so you know. Not a good look. There's a saying in business that I love that says, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets, which means that our life system is perhaps faulty. Or actually, it's perfectly designed to give us the results that we're getting, right? How are we feeling? Worked up, anxious, nervous, worried, uh, fatigued, deeply unsatisfied, bored out of our minds. Like, you can kind of hit all the things. And maybe, just maybe, you're sensing that life is not actually what I thought it would be. Or is, is there more to this than what I'm experiencing? What if I told you that there was a solution to this problem of restlessness? What if I told you that God has a great plan for us to live a fully satisfied life? To live our lives from a place of rest rather than living a life of restlessness. What if we didn't have to wait till Thanksgiving every year to experience the rest and the gratitude that God has instructed us to live with? I think that's what we're going to explore today as we learn how to rest and delight in what God has given us. And so if you would join me in prayer, we're going to welcome him as our teacher. Holy Spirit, we love you so much, and I thank you that you have such a good plan for our lives. And so for any, um, yeah, even just as we come in today, any part of our lives that are feeling uh, like we're thinking about something else or we're a little distracted, God, I would just ask that you would center us right now in your presence, our attention fully on you. You are the good teacher. And we just welcome you this morning to be the star of the show. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Well, we are in this series called In Every Season, where we have been journeying through the book of Psalms. And I hope you've been journeying with us, doing the Psalms uh, challenge that we have. Um, But we've been looking at the fact that there is, in fact, a Psalm for every season of our life, for the hard seasons, the good seasons, the restless seasons. And I have been an avid reader of the one-year Bible for many, many years. And if you're not familiar with the one-year Bible, it actually breaks down every single day, every calendar day, uh, scripture so that you can read part of the Old Testament, part of the New Testament. You can read a psalm, and you can read a proverb. And this little sucker has been well-loved. You can see coffee stains. That's unfortunate. One of my toddlers ripped the cover off years and years ago. And some pages, actually, but thankfully not the actual Bible. But it's still intact. I love the one-year Bible. I love to read this devotionally. But Really, really honestly, whenever I get to the Psalms, every day, classic skimmer. I'm like, I'm just, I just skim right through that baby. And I think, like, I ask God, like, why do I skim the Psalms? Like, some people love the Psalms. Here's how I feel about the Psalms. It's just like so many feelings, like packed into like just a tiny little bit of stuff. It's just like, wow, like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And why me, God? And I'm like, it's just, it's just a lot of feels. And it's not that I have no emotion, like I have feelings, but my gosh, sometimes it just feels like too much. And the Lord is like, yeah, well, you struggle with intimacy. So no shock there. Welcome to my world, by the way, where that's fun, you know? So it's like, yeah, of course I don't want to journey through everyone's feelings. What an invitation to not do things the way I would do them and to follow him into his best plan for my life. Because the Psalms are packed with beautiful uh, words that help us give language to things that we feel. It's okay to have feelings. And I just want to tell you, however you come to the Lord's presence today, good. It's good. However you come, 
Even if your walls are up, like my walls are sometimes up, that's okay. Let the Father soften him as we jump into his word today. So we're going to do that. We're going to look first at Psalm 92. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you brought your one year, it's April 24th. Okay, there you go. Psalm 92. We're going to read the scripture together. It says this. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing his praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp and the melody of the lyre. You thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. O Lord, what great works you do, and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know. Only a fool would not understand this. Though the wicked sprout like weeds and evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed." But you, O Lord, will be exalted forever. Your enemies, Lord, will surely perish. All evildoers will be scattered. But you have made me as strong as a wild ox. You have anointed me with the finest oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the defeat of my wicked opponents. But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Being even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. They will declare, the Lord is just. He is my rock. There is no evil in him. And that was a rather long passage that I want to encourage you to go back and read this week as you spend time in worship of the Lord. Spend some time really working through this. We are going to talk through it in just a moment. But I think it's really helpful to understand how readers of the text actually use this psalm. And if you look at the very beginning of Psalm 92, if you have a hard copy Bible, you'd be able to see this. But it opens at the very top by saying, this is a psalm that is to be sung on the day of rest. It says, this is a psalm titled, A Song for the Sabbath Day. You heard this word Sabbath before? Some of you heard this word? Yeah, we're in the church. We don't talk about this very much. Get excited. We're going to talk about Sabbath today. About a year ago, I read this um, book that totally just marked me and kind of changed my views on some stuff. It was called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's a book by John Mark Comer. And he, he really just like encapsulated all these things I'd been kind of feeling in my regular life. I've been sharing with God, like, God, I feel like sometimes I just hop on the train and the train's just moving and it's just go, go, go all the time. And I'm not really enjoying like the moment that I have. I'm not being present in the season of life. Kind of just feels like we're just going unto what? And he shares in the book these same feelings. He's saying we like live with this hurry rush mentality and we got to get more and do more. And what would it look like if we would just simply pause and enjoy the present? And something really just shifted in my spirit as I read the book. And I was like, I really want to start exploring this idea of pause. And so he talks about this a lot, how in the book, he says, well, we live lives of restlessness because we're doing all these things, right? We're filled with anxiety, we're filled with worry, or we're bored, which to me is so funny that those feel like two totally different things, and yet the fruit is the same. That's weird to me, but the fruit is restlessness, right? Unable, restless, we can't rest. So he shares about this practice from the life and the teaching of Jesus that actually combats this restless living. What if we didn't have to live with worry, and stress and anxiety? What if we didn't have to numb out on TikTok because we're so bored? What, what would that be like? There's this opportunity to radically change a practice in our lives that will shift not one day, but the whole seven days. And it is this practice called Sabbath. Everyone say Sabbath. Yeah. All right, if you've grown up in the church, maybe you've heard this word before, but 
Possibly not. Uh, Sabbath is actually found all over the scripture. It's Old Testament, it's New Testament, but it's probably most notably found as one of our 10 commandments. So I'm gonna read this this morning in Exodus 20. I've got it up on the screen for you. It says, remember, because we forget, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. From the get-go, from creation, from the very beginning, God has created a rhythm for us to live with that will change our lives. And the rhythm is work really hard for six days and then rest on the seventh day. And I don't want this lost on the younger generations when we talk about Sabbath today, that the first part really matters. Six days of really hard work where you are giving God your very, very best. You know that work is not a punishment. It actually will make you come alive to do the things you were created to do, to make a difference in the world, those things matter. That is what it looks like to work really, really hard. But oftentimes you find yourself in one of two camps. You either don't do the work, you end up kind of bored, or you think, well, I'm just gonna do all the work. Who needs rest, right? Older generations, I'm looking to you. Doesn't God want us to work hard? Didn't he make us to work? Why would we rest? That's lazy. God has a great plan for our lives. And I'm telling you, the day of Sabbath is not because we're lazy. But oftentimes we think, if I just work more, you know what I'm going to get? More. More money, more promotions, more accolades, more, more. How's it going for us? It's not going so great. It's not going so great. Look at the fruit. Our pursuit of more has left us completely restless. We can't relax, we can't just enjoy what we have because we're always thinking about the next thing and simply put our way is not working. Society once tried to abandon the seven day work week and it wasn't to work less, it was to work more. Uh, it was during the revolution in France and they switched to a 10 day work week because they wanted to up productivity. Do you think that worked? Nah, not so much. Like, actually, productivity went down. Skyrocketed rates of, like, uh, suicide and mental health illnesses went through the roof. It actually destroyed society. Study after study will show you that there is a certain number of hours a week that you have to work until productivity plummets. Do you know what it is? It's 50. 50 hours of work. And ironically, that's about a six-day work week. How about them apples, huh? It's as though it's kind of like designed in creation. As believers, we don't want to follow the world's way. The world's way will leave us tired and unsatisfied. There is an invitation to step into God's good design for our work life and our rest life that will produce beautiful, beautiful fruit. And that means we can simply trust God to live from a place of rest and work from a place of rest rather than Resting so that we can work, right? We wanna just rest in God's good plan for our lives. And so I wanna talk for a minute about what this rest looks like, this practice of Sabbath. What is Sabbath, practically speaking? It's not just a day off. It's not an excuse to be lazy. Sabbath is actually a discipline 
which is a practice of intentional, God-centered rest that will fill our souls so full that it will actually give us everything we need to live that out the rest of the six days that we're not resting. It helps us live from this place of God's rest. Now, the Hebrew word for Sabbath is the word Shabbat, and that word literally means to stop, cease. Imagine if you took one day a week, 24-hour period, feels like a lot of hours, doesn't it? 24 hours feels like a lot. Like, guess what I could get done in 24 hours? What if we took 24 hours a week to simply stop? Stop working, stop thinking, stop striving, stop wanting, stop worrying. We're actually not ever allowed to worry, but what if we would just stop? Traditionally, the Sabbath begins in the the evening, usually about 5 p.m., and goes for 24 hours. So, of course, the Jewish Sabbath, we know, begins on Friday at 5 p.m., ends Saturday at 5 p.m., but many believers choose to make Sunday your day of Sabbath, too. So for 24 hours, you kind of enter your work week from a place of rest. But a Sabbath day is not just this legal requirement, and clearly, like, we're not doing it, right? So it's not like this big thing we talk about that often, right? Real talk. I'm not currently practicing the Sabbath. I'm working towards practicing the Sabbath, and I want to invite you on my journey. So that's where I'm sharing from today. (laughs) But what what does a Sabbath day look like? Because I think if we understood God's good intention for Sabbath, we couldn't do anything but want it. Like, it's so invitational. The way it is painted in Scripture is so beautiful. So I want to talk about what the four elements of a healthy Sabbath could look like for each of us as we consider this beautiful gift that God wants to give us. And those four elements are stop, that's Shabbat, that's cease, we worship, we rest, and we delight. So we start first by stopping, (laughs) because this is the hardest part for us, wildly, stop. What would it mean for you to, like, not check your work email for 24 hours? What if you just don't text people about work for 24 hours? What if you stopped What if you stopped consuming content for 24 hours? That curated content coming your way, YouTube, Insta, TikTok, everybody telling you what you need to watch. I love that content, by the way. But is it feeding my soul? No. What if we would stop? What if we would silence the noise of the world? What if we would silence the noise right here? The worry. The, oh, what about, what about, what about this business deal? What about this bill I can't pay? What about, what if we would just stop and invite Holy Spirit into that moment? Because these are practices that will change our inner man. They will change us from the inside out because we were never designed to live, go, 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 go all the time. That wasn't the design. And it's leaving us restless. So what if we would just start 24 hours a week with stopping, cease, stop, And from that place, we are going to begin a beautiful day of Sabbath. And we're going to jump back here into Psalm 92 because you're going to see why this is the psalm that is sung on the day of Sabbath. It's going to encapsulate all of these beautiful practices that help us live out this day of rest. So let's jump into our scripture here again in verse 1. It says, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument, a harp, and the melody of a lyre. On Sabbath, we first stop, we pause, we don't do any of that stuff, and then we worship. So everyone say worship. Worship is where we turn 
all of our attention to God. You guys know what happens when we live from that place of gratitude, of telling him who he is? God, I thank you that you are the one who provides for all of my needs. God, I thank you that I don't have to worry because I know you already got this. God, I thank you for all these times you've never let me down. God, I thank you for this beautiful home that you've given me to live in. I thank you for my health. I thank you for uh, the family, the friends. Like That place of gratefulness and worship changes who you are. It changes you from the inside out. And when you approach your Sabbath day from that place of worship, turn off the noise, just stop, and turn your attention to him in worship, it is beautiful. Now, the scripture instructs us, get out our instruments. So you got that guitar? Get it out. You got that um, trumpet or flute from middle school? Now's your time. It's still in the basement. Get it out. You like brush it off. I want to hear that beautiful noise unto the Lord. You know what you cannot get out? Recorders, ever. Don't ever get it. They're not from the Lord. I know where they came from. If you, if you had a kid playing a recorder, you know what I'm talking about. Not from Jesus. But the rest of them are totally allowed. But this is our chance to worship the Lord with everything. And singing songs, we're just singing words of like prayers back to him. We're singing scriptures back to him. As we read the scripture, this is song on the Sabbath because we get to tell God, God, thank you. It gives us language. It's so good to give you praise, God. You are worthy. You are everything that we need. And so a really important element of our Sabbath day is worship. So I want to say worship. Yeah. Okay, so we pause, we stop everything, we turn our attention fully to the Lord, we worship him, and then we rest. Everyone say rest. Verse four, you thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Again, this place of gratefulness, it it comes like twofold. There's one rest that comes from knowing that there's nothing we can do that's gonna make God love us anymore. And there's nothing we can do that's gonna make him love us any less. When Jesus gave his life and died on the cross and rose again, it actually paid the price for all sin for all time. And that means we get to rest in his goodness 24 seven. We never have to perform for the love of God. Isn't that beautiful? We get to rest in that. That's an inner peace that we get to live the rest of our lives from. So it's that kind of rest, but it's also a secondary rest that is rest for our minds and our spirits and our bodies. Do you know that rest for our bodies is really, really important? If you don't take time to rest your body, your body will come after you. I'm telling you, there was a time in college, I was a student at the U of I, And I was also working full-time, and I, like, it's so funny that I am giving this message because I am a worker bee by nature. I love work, and so this has been a journey with Jesus, I'm telling you honestly. But I was, I had worked, I burned the candle at both ends, I was exhausted. I drove home, I thought, I'm just gonna go back to my bed for like a day, a couple days for the weekend. I literally slept for 24 hours. My mom told me, she kept, like, it was the next day when I got up, and she's like, wow, you were breathing, I checked on you, like, you're okay, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I just slept for 24 hours. My body caught up with me. If we don't take time to follow God's good plan of rest, we won't be living out his best. Rest is not, it's not laziness. Like somewhere in our society that we think taking a nap is like against God's good plan. Please, not true. Now, you better have worked hard for six days before you get to your nap, but when you get to the nap, totally from the Lord. Rest matters. Our bodies need rest. I think of what it declares. Like, listen, my kids sleep so soundly every single night. You know why? They know that we've got their back. You know when we rest, you're totally off. You are declaring in faith. It is an act of faith to say, you got this, God. I don't have to worry. I don't have to 
work hard, I have to do all these things to perform, to make something happen, I trust you. That's what rest is. Isn't that bizarre? I don't think we think of it that way. I certainly haven't for a long time. But I know that when I'm resting, I'm living out God's good command because from that place of rest, mind, body, and spirit, I will be the best me and I will live out his best design the other six days. So we rest. The fourth thing that we do on our beautiful day of rest, our Sabbath day, is we delight. Let's look here at verse five. Oh Lord, what great works you do and how deep are your thoughts. Only a simpleton would not know. Only a fool would not understand this. Right? The psalmist, as he's going through this, he's saying, God, you are brilliant. Like here, look, I think I know best. I think that if I just work more, that's actually gonna be what you want from me. God, I know you really just want my good behavior. I know you want my hard work. If I don't do it, who's gonna do it? We've had these thoughts. It's gotta be me, not a martyr. We can rest. And what delight to say, God, you know better than me. God, you're brilliant. I delight in your goodness. But it's not only delight in who he is, it is in delight in what he has given us to do. Think about the beginning of creation. God made this beautiful work, right? Six days, he built the entire earth. He, he was working hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And on day seven, he's like, I am plum tuckered out. I'm so tired, I better rest. No, not what he said. He said, I am going to pause and celebrate I'm gonna pause and delight in everything I have. What would it look like if we would pause and delight in the good things that God has given us? Do you know that we are created to enjoy this world? We're not just created to be little worker bees. Yes, we work hard because we love work, but there is such joy and delight when the Father sees us doing the things that we love. So think about some of the things that you love. If you had 24 hours a week to do anything at all, what would you do? Would you golf? Would you, would you go for a hike? Would you do a puzzle? Would you uh, create music? Would you write poetry? Would you read a book? What are some of the things that you're like, well, some, I'll get to that when I have time. What if it would so please the Father that you delight in the things that he has created you to delight in? This is where our uniqueness has come into play, right? I hate puzzles. Please don't ask me to do a puzzle. That's the last thing I wanna do. That would not be on my list. But I do love music. I love music. There's always music on in my house. That brings me such joy. What if delight looked like enjoying what we already had and stopped wanting for what we don't have? You guys, we, this, this piece matters. I think this is a word from the Lord, truly. If we are always focused on what we don't have, we will never be satisfied. Truly. We're always looking, well, they got this, and if only, and when, someday, stop. If we could pause and be so satisfied and delight in what God has already given us, our whole person would be renewed. But we're always looking for the next thing. You guys, my Amazon cart, always full. Like I'm scrolling my feeds, literally drives my husband crazy. I'm always like, oh yes, I need those electric salt and pepper shakers. Like those look great. Add to cart, Ben comes through and he goes, save for later. And he moves everything to save for later. Like 250, just tons of items I do not need clearly. What is this thing that says I need it? What is that? Guys, could we just, I can be satisfied with my regular old school salt and pepper shakers. You just do this, the salt comes out, it works, right? And yet we are constantly trying to get the more. Always thinking about what's next instead of enjoying this beautiful season that we're in. And I don't know about you, but I don't wanna live my life always wanting something else. That leaves us deeply unsatisfied. I don't wanna wish this season away 
I don't want to hope that, you know, someday I'm going to have everything I need. What if I would just stop and celebrate what God has already given me? And what if we would celebrate who God has already given us? Who in your life brings you so much joy and delight? Like, if you could think of the people that you love more than anything in the world, who would you spend your Sabbath with? And all the introverts are going, no, no, the, the, the great thing is being alone. That would be a beautiful Sabbath all by myself. <sighs> I love spending time with people that I love. Think about things that bring you joy. I've told you I've not been a good practice, uh, practicer of the Sabbath. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm trying. One of the things that we've been doing is something called Fun Fridays. So I work on Sundays, so Friday is more of my Sabbath time. And Fun Fridays was uh, something that we started with our neighbors, who we love so much. So we've been friends for 10 years, been raising our babies together, and we got to this point where like, if we don't get some stuff on the calendar, we're never gonna see each other because we're in the throes of it, right? We got all the things all the time. And so we plan fun Fridays where we go back and forth between each other's homes. When we're at my house, I cook. When we're at her house, she cooks. And the kids play and we enjoy a good meal and we drink wine and we play cards and we simply, phones are gone. Phones are gone. Let me say this. Right before I came up here, my little phone dinged and it's like, would you like to see your weekly screen time report? No, I would not. Thank you very much. <laughs> Please don't tell me that right before I go up there. Check out your weekly screen time report. I'm serious. I want you to do that this week. Action step for you. Check it out. Is that how you want to be living your life? Are we bored? Are we missing out on the work that God's calling us to do? Are we like succumbing to numbness because we just don't know what to do next? Life is meant to be so enjoyed. Get off your phones. Stop consuming content we don't need and just be present in the moment. I'm telling you, this is, for families, this is a game changer. If you would tell your kids, we're not doing anything other than being together, no screens, enjoy them. Even your grown kids, try it. Just enjoy each other. If you're hanging out with a friend and doing dinner, enjoying one another, ask them how their week's going. What can I pray for for you? How can, I, how can I be a part of your life? You guys, this is the invitation from the Father to pause. This is where we are filled. We are not filled from our phones. We are not filled from our work. We work hard, but only if we delight in our work, only if we rest in the Father, do we get to live seasons of fruitfulness. And that is the promise at the end of that scripture that we will live fruitful in every season, year after year after year, decade after decade after decade. So if you wanna to get to the end of your life and say, I have lived a good and fruitful life, filled with good things, it is because you have chosen to Sabbath. Again, a really churchy word, not something we're great at practicing, but there is an invitation one day every week to rest in the Father, to stop, put away all that noise, stop. It means a true Sabbath, you do no cooking, no housework, no homework, no, no nothing. You literally delight in all the things you love. It's kind of like, who turns this down? Like, this sounds amazing. But I think somehow in our life, we think, how could we ever? Doesn't God know how much I have to do? There's an invitation for us to stop, to worship him, read his word, sing. This, this is a beautiful example of Sabbath. Rest in him, pray for one another, honor him. And then we rest from that place and we delight in all the good things. It is such a gift. It is the way I feel about Thanksgiving, I believe, the way that God wants us to feel about this weekly Sabbath invitation. 
Don't miss out on the rhythm that I believe will change our lives as we live from this place of rest instead of restlessness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your ways are higher than ours. I thank you that you have so many good plans for our lives. And I thank you for, honestly, kind of a weird gift of Sabbath. I think it's something we just don't think about enough. But Lord, I thank you that you're, you're bringing it to life now. And I pray, even this week, even this week, that you would show us a pocket of five hours where we can give you five hours just to follow your good plan, to read your word, to worship you, to stop all the noise, to focus on you, to rest in your presence, and to delight in the things that you've made us to delight in. God, I thank you for the joy that it gives you to see us being totally fulfilled. And I thank you for the peace that comes. Like there's just such a tangible peace in your presence when we follow your best way. And so Father, I thank you that you're gonna show us this week how to live it out. And I thank you for your great gift of Sabbath. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.